Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. Hope you're having a great Wednesday. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. It is our Around the League Day. And with that, we're going to welcome a special guest. Starting this week, every Wednesday at 2.30, we're going to talk to either Pete Blackburn, DJ Bean, or both at the same time. Today, Pete is up for week one of our uh, weekly visits. So, Pete, thanks for being with us, man. It's great to have you. Yeah, of course. This is uh, this is hilarious because I did uh, the PHNX hit um, last week, and it was supposed to be... Uh, just me, and it ended up being me and DJ. And now this one was supposed to be me and DJ, and it ended up just being me. So uh, chaotic of- as always. That's how it should be. The beauty of live podcasting. You exactly. never know what's going to happen. <laughs> well, make sure if you're not, uh, speaking of chaos, that you're following the What Chaos podcast, our new national hockey podcast on the All City Network, hosted by Pete and DJ. And honestly, like uh, not just because it's your first time on the show, it has quickly become my favorite hockey podcast aside from this one of course um and i think the ultimate compliment you can pay a podcast is when you're not on i'm pissed and you guys have already reached that level for me so i'm really enjoying it i think everybody that loves our show is gonna love it too so uh congrats and it's great to have you on board the uh, all city family thank you that's very nice yeah we're having a blast uh glad to be a part of the all city family it's been uh, a wild start to the show and uh wouldn't wouldn't change anything it's been it's been so much fun Awesome. Well, let's start. Uh, the first guests you had on the show were uh, Connor Bedard and obviously Kevin Korchinski. And uh, we've been kind of keeping an eye on the national response to Connor Bedard. And I think, you know, early on in the season, we saw the NHL would post highlights in which he wouldn't score and people would freak out and say he's being overhyped. He's, you know, we're talking about him too much. Now that he's really kind of found his rhythm in the NHL, um, what have you thought of the coverage of Bedard, and 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 what have you thought of his game from afar? I mean, the coverage has been insane, right? And we we asked him about that. It was like no matter what you imagined, it would it would be it had to be way bigger, right? Because this is like the most biggest circus I've seen involving an NHL prospect in a long time, obviously. But obviously, I think it's been worth the hype. I, I don't think there was any way that he was not going to live up to the hype. Uh, obviously it's still early but we see the early returns he's got one of the best shots in the nhl already he's a freak he's gonna be he's gonna be the real deal he rocks um but yeah i I just think that you know the uh the media crush is what it is i'd rather see it on that side of the spectrum as opposed to the other side of the spectrum where he's not being covered at all or like nobody knows his name like i i know that there are a lot of non-hockey fans in my life when i told them that we were going to go interview Connor bedard they were excited they were like i don't follow hockey i know who that is people won't stop talking about him so uh that's uh you know for a while the nhl was very bad at marketing its stars and very bad at covering its stars on an individual level i don't think that that's as much the case anymore and Connor bedard's a, a big example of that I think the proof is what we saw in pregame warmups at the Florida Panthers game. Mm-hmm. A kid could have been more than eight or nine years old wearing a Panthers shirt with a sign saying, 
hey, Bedard, I want to be you. I mean, that's there's your marketing right there. That's mission accomplished as far as the league is, is concerned. And he goes and scores a goal from two inches away while not even looking at the net on a two-time former Vesna winner. I mean, it's pretty ridiculous. First goal on a Vesna winner as well. So that's uh, he's, he's making a habit of that. <laughs> yeah, probably won't be the last. I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. What were what were your uh, your takeaways from from talking with him and and, and Kevin when you, when uh, you and DJ did? Uh, number one, both of them just like sweethearts, just extremely nice young gentlemen. And uh, if I was in Connor Bedard's position, I probably wouldn't have been as nice and cooperative with a bunch of bozos uh, like me and DJ getting in there. And especially, you know, he was like, you know, we we've answered the same questions a, a million times. Luckily, we didn't ask many questions that they had gotten before, so it seemed like that kind of broke them out of their shell a little bit. Uh, just very, like, very personable, nice, nice kids, and uh, you know, I think that there's uh, Bedard's maybe gotten a, a bit of flack from being sort of repetitive and robotic in in a lot of these interviews, but like, I think after after a while, like he he sort of broke out of that shell and he showed some personality, and I think that even in in some of the some of the moments from training camp, like when he was talking about how he was learning to cook and then somebody followed up with a question. He was like, I, that was a lie. I'm not cooking anything like I think we're already yeah. starting to see some some personality from Bedard. And once he gets more comfortable and gets kind of his footing in the NHL and and has it be more um, kind of like standard operating procedure, I think we're going to see him as a, as like a good personality for the league. Yeah, and I think he's opened up more as there's actual hockey to talk about like during training camp and before even that it's like how many times can we ask him the same three questions and now we can actually talk about hockey and rumor has it he likes hockey so yeah. he opens up a little more yeah he's he's definitely opened up a little bit and and he'll he will talk hockey with you all day and and another thing i love about your podcast pete is that you guys have this knack for getting to the personalities of players which is something that not only the league, but like I think league media has sort of struggled to do because a lot of a lot of times the people that were given access were NHL network people or in-game broadcast people or whatever. Whereas you, you two, uh, you and DJ have this kind of like this looser sort of interview style, and you could tell. I listened to yesterday's interview with Lena Solmark and Jeremy Swayman, and they immediately just kind of open up and and they show their personalities. And these dudes do have personality. It's just up to people like us to get it out of them, and I think you guys have done a really good job of that to start. Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest compliment that we could possibly receive just because that was basically the entire foundation of starting the show was that we wanted to do a show that was personality-based on hockey, um, both from our perspective. When we sit down and talk about some of the storylines going on, we want to talk about them in, in a way that's fun and kind of casual and, and goofy and the fun that we kind of have in day-to-day -day conversations but also when we sit down with players we want to goof around with them get them to come out of their shells and sh show people uh the side of them that they may not see in like hockey interviews and so it's been very cool to, to get that in the initial interviews like uh, a few of the the biggest uh, compliments that, that i've gotten have been like you know brad marshan was our very first guest and some of the reactions were like, God damn it, you guys are making me like Brad Marchand. And that's the kind of stuff that we want to make it hard to dislike uh, some of the guys that we bring on, even if you don't root for them uh, in a hockey perspective. 
Yeah, that, that's my biggest complaint about you guys so far. Stop making me like Boston Bruins players. <laughs> would you knock it off? <laughs> Well, let's get to some around the league stuff. I know we're going to get to the Oilers. We're going to get to the Leafs because who doesn't like laughing at them? Um, but we got into this a little bit yesterday. And this idea, this, I guess, is Leafs adjacent. This idea that all of a sudden former Blackhawk Nikita Zadorov is this defenseman that's going to go into some NHL locker room and change things and was reportedly told by a Leafs player, like, you're exactly what we need. What, what am I missing with Nikita Zadorov as this this answer to suddenly, uh, to use your words, galvanize uh, the Maple Leafs or which other team might trade for him? Uh, I mean, I don't think you're missing a whole lot. I don't think he's that kind of player, um, but it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. And anytime the Toronto Maple Leafs sees somebody that like may be interested in playing for them, there automatically becomes this, oh, he'll fix us uh, sort of deal. And I guess Nikita Zadorov's the the latest of that. I'm I was more blown away blown away by the idea that a, a current Maple Leafs player during the middle of a game would go up to a guy on the other team and be like, we need you. <laughs> like that, What? How is that happening? And how is that not like, hey, stop talking to the other guys and stop talking about how they could fill a hole on this team? Yeah, it's almost like, you know, there's not a guy behind the bench that has control over these guys. It's weird. I also like that every guy that they signed over the uh, over the summer was supposed to fix them, and now we're like ten games deep, and they're on the ice talking to other guys who they want to fix them. Yeah, there's there's seemingly many uh, holes in the boat and not enough uh, fingers to to fix them. But like, yeah, I mean, when you look at when players like that like land on the market or or become available, like. I, I go back a few seasons when it was like Ben Sherratt was like the number one defenseman available and then every team needed to get Ben Sherratt. It was just like, I, I, I don't understand how that, how that happens where it's just one player gets so much attention and it's just like, yeah, he's like a fifth defenseman. Like I, I'm not certain how that, how that even starts. Is it just the desperation of in-season teams? Yeah, I think like being a middle of the pack defenseman is a lot like being a left handed pitcher in, in baseball. Like if you just like emerge at the right time and poke your head up at the right time, you can be rich for a long time just because there's always teams that are going to need defensive help. There's always teams that will kind of get into bidding wars over players that maybe they shouldn't just because of the desperation of needing to tighten it up on the back end. And Zadorov, I think, is maybe doing himself some favors by being like the first defenseman in season to be like, okay, I'm making myself available. Start the bidding war. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can if you could have a bidding war between two teams that need help on defense in Toronto and Edmonton, I think that would be wonderful uh, entertainment. Yeah. Well, I wondered too, like you sort of led into it a little bit, Pete, like what is the deal with all of a sudden dudes put on that blue and white jersey and just become mentally soft? Like they just, uh, we were talking about the Leafs a couple, uh, maybe last week, and I said, on paper, this team should be walking out of that locker room every day with the expectation to win every game seven to two. But it feels like every little bit, anything that goes against them just, destroys them they just cannot overcome any sort of adversity I, I know there's a lot of pressure in the Toronto media and I know that's talked about a lot but there's pressure in New York Chicago not as much but Boston has pressure from like it's not exclusively Toronto 
Montreal seemed to have some success. You know what I mean? Like, what is it about the Leafs specifically that guys show up there and all of a sudden the, the slightest little inconvenience derails the entire thing? Well, it's it's part of it's like the overanalyzing of every little thing. And I think that that happens in Toronto, probably to a bigger extent than anywhere else. But also like on our show, me and DJ talk a lot about just certain elements being baked into uh, like a team. And DJ says, like when he talks about the Oilers, like you can fire you can fire the coach, but you can't fire the Oilers logo on the front of your jersey. Like there's always going to be dysfunction with that team, especially on the back end. And it's just like. Some of these things, it seems like, are inevitable. And for the Oilers, it's the chaos. Like, it's them not being able to play defense and just, like, a lot of these things that we've seen year after year after year after year. And then, like, for Toronto, it's, like, one thing goes wrong and it snowballs and becomes this gigantic thing. And, you know, whether it's a defenseman wearing the number three, anytime a defenseman wears the number three in Toronto, they just immediately become like the scapegoat and the guy that everybody hates in that entire fan base. So there are just some things I think that are inevitable when it comes to hockey and the hockey culture. Yeah, I mean, case in point, Jake McCabe goes up there. We had him here for a season and a half, and he was one of the best defenseman on the blackout low bar i know but you know just a good hot a good a great locker room guy and a solid player fan favorite uh, oh absolute warrior and then he gets up to toronto and he's like the scapegoat all of a sudden he can't play defense anymore i think there's also like an element that maybe sometimes it gets overblown maybe sometimes it's not it's understated but like the importance of having fun in the room is is huge and like it's important to show up every day and be able to like the guys that you're sharing a room with but also feel like you can be comfortable in that room and i would imagine that for a lot of the guys in toronto it's tedious to show up and it's annoying with how how much pressure they face from the media and just like how how over scrutinized they are like for some guys that's got to wear on them. And I think that Tyler Bertuzzi might be one of those guys I said it a couple weeks ago when he started out of the gate slow. Like I just don't see Toronto being a market where Tyler Bertuzzi is going to thrive just because he likes to be left alone. He likes to kind of keep to himself. And if he's struggling in Toronto, like it's going to be extremely hard to do that in the room. And, and in fairness to them, there is no other market where, the coverage is unavoidable, right? Like even in New York and Boston, hockey is second or third or fourth or however you want to rank it. In Toronto, it is the Leafs and it is everything else. It's on every channel. It's on every newspaper. So these guys really can't escape it. And, and that's an interesting point you make in, in the, you know, that some guys are just not equipped to handle that sort of attention. And you're really only going to get that in probably Toronto and Montreal. Yeah. And I don't think it's fair. Like a, a lot of the times when that happens, the the criticism is like, too soft to play in this market or like too too much of like a you know too weak mentally or whatever to be able to handle the pressure that's i think that's unfair i just think that certain personalities just aren't meant to have everything that they do be over overly scrutinized and overly analyzed especially like you know if you're the like the the captain or the best player on a team that's always going to be uh, unavoidable it's just kind of it's part of the the gig, but like if you're a middle of the roster player and you could go somewhere where you don't have to deal with that crap versus going to Toronto where like you're in the bottom six and people are constantly 
you know, throwing digs at you. Uh, like, I, I don't blame guys for being like, why would I want to be here? Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. Did yeah. not, couldn't get out of Toronto faster to go to, to go to Nashville. Well, so now Pete's officially done a podcast because Ryan O'Reilly has been mentioned. Uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But I guess, you know, obviously not winning a cup since 1967 sure. hurts or yeah, helps with that. So I guess we this this regime can continue to blame Kerry Frazier. Maybe if he actually calls that penalty on Gretzky in 93, <laughs> the drought isn't as long and the pressure wouldn't be as high. No, I don't know. I, I think that that fan base is so deranged that even if they won a Stanley Cup, uh, the next year it would be just re- a reset. Like they'd <laughs> still go back to the. It's just kind of in their DNA. There are certain things in the Maple Leafs DNA, and there are certain things in the Maple Leafs fans DNA. I don't think they're ever not going to be deranged. Yeah, I get it. I mean, the, two of the three of us are lifelong Cub fans, so we we went through it forever. And then once 2016 happened, I was pretty much like, I don't care if they ever win another game. I, I've seen the ultimate. <laughs> it's I'm gravy. Good. I'm good. <laughs> But yeah, it's not it's out. not the case for me. Like I'm from Boston and I've seen basically every single team here win, uh, if not a championship, multiple championships. And it's very much like, what have you done for me lately? I, you know, I'm never going to be satisfied with like, well, we won four years ago, so I can deal with this team being in last place. Like being a sports fan means being a sports fan all the time. And I'm always going to want to see the teams win, regardless of how recently they won. Yeah, well, I mean, look, we're not saying we don't want them to win. <laughs> it I mean, just, yes, it just has made it a little more tolerable. Like, the last uh, four or five years have been a little more tolerable because of 2016, mm-hmm. which was Fair. that close to being uh, pissed away. But um, I digress. We want to get to Patrick Kane a little bit. It's We don't spend a ton of time on the show talking about it because anymore. Anymore. every we time to. we do, someone comes in and says the Hawks need to resign him, and it's, it's certainly not going to happen. Saw reports that he met with Toronto – Yesterday, uh, I know Florida's on the list. Carolina's on the list. I saw something today that the Rangers are out. I think it might have been Larry Brooks who wrote mm-hmm. that. So, uh, first of all, where do you see him ending up, and where do you see him making a difference? Uh, where do I see him end- ending up? I don't have, like, any insider information or whatever. I saw uh, we had Elliot Friedman on the podcast uh, not too long ago, and we talked to him about Kane, and he said, you know, keep an eye on Buffalo because they have more flexibility to, to – give him a multi-year deal. I don't know if that happens now, um, just based off of where Buffalo is. Obviously, things haven't gone super well for, for them to start this year. Maybe like for a while maybe, they, too. maybe it makes them want Patrick Kane more that Tage Thompson, like their best goal scorer, is out of the lineup. They could use the the scoring touch. I don't know. I like personally, what I'm rooting for, I would like to see him end up in Detroit. Like uh, end up with that up and coming Detroit team. Like seems like it could be a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah, fun for some people. Not not yeah, not for you guys. Sorry, sorry about you guys. I don't really care uh, what you guys it, think. You know, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't hurt as much, say, 15 years ago. I mean, the, like the Red Wings cried their way to the Eastern Conference, and that killed that rivalry. Like playing them two times a year and never in the playoffs, like. The, the hatred for them is just not where it used to be, but it would well, still You guys don't even play in the same conference anymore. Who cares? Yeah, it's lame. I'm of two minds of this, too. Like, part of me wants Patrick Kane to go to whatever team it's going to be I have the least interest in. Mm-hmm. You know, Florida, Carolina, cool. Watch them from a distance. They don't really impact my day-to-day life. But the, the Hawks and Wings, despite being Western and Eastern now, the biggest rivalry in sports, um, I want that Red Wings rivalry to get a little more juice. Just those two games a year to have a little more juice. And if Patrick Kane is wearing number 88 
for the Red Wings when Chris Chelios's number goes to the Raptors. Can you imagine the that's the next time they play when they retire Chelios's number? Oh, Can you imagine like that sort of symmetry of Chelios coming full yeah. circle? A wonderful story. And Kane going to Detroit. Yeah. That would be his first unreal. game at the United Center against the Blackhawks is Chris Chelios's retirement. I mean, yeah, as 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 a reporter and someone who needs to come up with hours of content a week, that sounds perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, don't don't let it go unnoticed. I I saw the uh, the Eastern versus Western Western Conference best rivalry in hockey. N- nod. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> trying to drive that up. We're trying to give it life. You know. Yeah. We're trying to give yeah. it some life. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. It's it's the it's the, the Buffalo thing would be funny too because people have been talking about it for ten years. They got to trade Kane for Ryan Miller and upgrading goal. It's been something we have heard forever here. Well, every player has to go play for you his hometown. Hometown. Yes. It's a rule. Exactly. It's it's um, in the CBA. Yeah. So I don't know. It would that would be cool. Like for me, that would be the most fun. That's the best story. Is him going home and kind of getting and you know who knows how long Thompson's going to be out. But if if he can get Buffalo over the hump, that would just be that would be the coolest story, I think. Yeah, I agree. Like it's it, as Elliot Friedman said, it would be the most romantic. Um, but you know, I think that again, given what's happening to Buffalo right now, might give him some pause. Uh, it it does seem like if he's going to take um, a short term deal, it wants to be with a contender. So like maybe Buffalo has a, a little bit of um, you know life in in the sweepstakes just because they can offer him more than one year. Um, but you know, I, I think it is the most fun, probably from like a narrative standpoint. And if the Sabres can get back to being a fun team, he would be awesome with that group as well. I've been saying all along, don't count out the Golden Knights being that last second team sweeping in. They always mm-hmm. love to make those big splashes. Mark Stone's back is hurt. He's on LTIR. Welcome in Patrick Kane. Like, don't count that out. Yeah, you never can. Like they, they're always in the mix. Anytime a name comes up, they're always there. So, all right. Well, before we let you go, we, a little bit of national conversation. Uh, you know, like uh, off ice stuff broke yesterday. I saw Sarah Valley had it. A couple other people had it that they're the league is considering changing the three on three rule, where it would it would prevent teams from continually looping back and regrouping, taking all the flow out of the three on three game. And some of the solutions are once you cross the red or blue line, you can't go back again or some sort of shot clock. Where are you at on this? Do you like the way three on three overtime is gone or is it time for a change? Uh, I mean, I don't think it's broken, so I don't necessarily think that it needs to be fixed. Do I love sort of how how many games or how many overtimes now do involve the kind of loitering uh, at the back end of the ice? Not really, but like some of the three on threes are still amazing and I don't want to mess with those too much. Like some some NHL games, some 60-minute games, they suck. Some of them are awesome. Some overtimes, they suck. Some of them are awesome. It's just you don't know what you're going to get. I don't think it necessarily needs to be fixed. More to the point, like if you want more games to end in overtime, then just extend the overtime period. But the bigger problem for me that I can't believe hasn't been addressed yet is why there isn't more incentive to win in regulation. Like, why is there not a three, two, one point structure? Yep. How are we, how are we haven't had that conversation and had movement on that front yet? Because that's like, that's the more pressing thing than fixing three on three overtime, which Get I don't even think is Loser point. Get rid of it. 
Why should you be rewarded for losing longer than regulation? Get rid of the loser point, make regulation more important, or a three-point regulation win. Yeah, I think it should be 3-2-1. Like, I think you should, if you force overtime, sure, give them a loser point, whatever, who cares. But, like, the 3-2-1 point structure is a that. proven structure. It sh- makes too much sense. Yeah. That's why it won't happen. Yeah, exactly. right. I mean, we got to we got to go out and buy those NHL NFTs today. So why can't we can't be worried about things that make sense? <laughs> All right, Pete, we look forward to doing this with you every week, man. Thank you so much. Everybody make sure you're following uh, what chaos on YouTube on your favorite podcast app and uh, leave those reviews and those five stars and those likes and those subscriptions and everything you can uh, to help these guys out. They're not going to need it for long. Uh, number two hockey podcast in America last week. Let's keep it That's going. Right. Thanks, Hell Pete. Yeah. Thank you. I will talk to you. You will talk to you or DJ or both of you next week. You'll never know. <laughs> All right. Take care, man. Bye. That is uh, Pete Blackburn from the What Chaos podcast. Just launched, uh, what, last week, two weeks ago on the All City Network. Great stuff. Uh, truly, I do love that podcast. And uh, I think if you enjoy what we do here, you will love What Chaos. Yeah, they do a, a tremendous job. Um, you know, like we talked about with Pete just now, with their, their interviewing style is is about getting to the player's personality and, and bringing that side out of them i think they they do a tremendous job of that and it's a sport that needs stuff like that to help grow and and help you know the fan base connect to players in a different way so i think they do a yeah, great job. nothing wrong with not taking yourself so seriously it's a breath of fresh air i mean we try to bring that uh you know style here a bit uh but they've they've mastered the uh let's give you a very informative interview by being complete goofballs yeah i mean it also (laughs) i think it it disarms the players too like hockey players are so protected because they're so afraid of like i don't want to be a a guy that rocks the boat i don't want to be too much of an individual on my own but these guys have personalities like as soon as the media is kicked out of these dressing rooms their buddies or friends are hanging out. Like, you know, we've seen stories of hockey players on the town. You saw Johnny Gaudreau at the wedding this summer, like being lifted in the air in a chair. Like these guys have yeah. personality. They like to have fun. And I think when the media approaches them in a different way, they're sort of like, Oh, okay, cool. I can a little bit express myself. Like Brad Marchand seriously made me like him for 20 minutes. And then they played the Hawks again. I hated him again. But Lena Solmark and Jeremy Swayman were great yesterday talking mm-hmm. about how they're great friends and the things they do together. Like, it's it's just uh, they just have this knack of, like, let's really try to get to know these guys and make them feel comfortable. And hopefully, if we can get a regular segment going with a player, which we're working on doing, it's just very slow going, um, that we'll be able to have the same kind of relationship because yeah. that's what we're going for. Like, we're not just the kind of show that's going to just read analytics or – when we do interview guys, it's not going to be, what do you got to do to win tomorrow? Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, like let's get to know these guys a little yeah, bit. And I, I think it's it's sort of a challenge to all hockey media to kind of, let's all get better at that together. Yeah, there's nothing more than I hate than just an interview full of the standard cliches. Right. Uh, you know, I could write those answers myself if mm-hmm. I wanted. There some guys I've covered over the years, like, Oh, I don't even have to talk to him. I can just write his answers for him because mm-hmm. I know what he's going to say. That's why yesterday's interview with Drew Camezzo, if you if you missed that, yeah. check that out. Uh, very thoughtful, insightful guy. That, to get a guy like that at that age 
it's it's a gem <laughs> because yeah. especially at the AHL level, Mario, you can attest to it too. It's most nights it's it's like pulling teeth trying yeah. to get mm-hmm. a thought out of some of these guys. And yeah. So the more more stuff like that, the better for the league. And it makes it it makes these players more marketable. And uh that's what we're looking for here. That's what the league needs. Definitely. Some marketable. You want that salary cap to go up? You got to get more people buying jerseys and bu- and and watching yeah. TV and going to games. You've got to get more people invested to get that sour cap go to go up. Yeah, Cricket has a good thought. She says, "I thought Korchinski was the most relaxed I've ever seen him mm-hmm. during an interview with Pete and DJ." Yeah, I'm not sure if because true. Bedard was there, but I think that's part of it too. Is you put these guys with um, people they're comfortable with can also be disarming. Yeah, you know? somebody else to 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 play off of and. Right, you know, not have everyone staring at you. Exactly, you know, worrying about your answers. It's you know, it's two people talking. It's 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 more of a conversation than it is an interview. So yeah, I think I think they do a good job of it. I think we try our best at it, and um, yeah, it's 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 a thing that that hockey needs because um, you know I, I I think about like how Connor McDavid is like not a household name across North America and Canada, of course, but in America, like there's not, not every sports fan knows who Connor McDavid is. And, you know, you say LeBron anywhere in the world, everyone knows who that is, Yeah, but it's just like, it's, it's trying to make those kinds of players marketable. Some guys, they're just duds. Like, and there's nothing, and there's nothing you can do about it. He's opened up a little bit over the last few years. He's been more outspoken. Yeah. Definitely. But I think like it's the NHL for so long has just been like, well, seeing these guys play is enough. Like, no, we need the the culture of sports now is knowing more about yes. who is on the field or the court or the ice or whatever. Um, so you can attach to them more. Yeah, we live in a 24 hour news cycle information society where people want to know everything about their favorite players, mm-hmm. their favorite actors, their favorite musicians. They want to be their in their life yeah. yeah and you've got to you've got to give them some access to you that. might you might get a casual fan of the sport lock onto a player and or a team if they know oh this guy's also a sneakerhead or we like the same bands or yes, whatever he's like, a swifty sure yeah <laughs> it's worked well, in the you, nfl you joke no, I'm not but joking. Look what, look what that has done for the Kelsey oh, brothers. I was Holy being, cow, I was being like, 100% serious. If Connor Bernard does a TikTok tomorrow saying his favorite musician is Taylor Swift, he's going to have 2 million new fans. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. In five minutes. Yeah. Even yeah. if he lies, that's fine. Right. <laughs> and, and he has been known to tell a fib every once in a while. And for the record, Stephen cut this up for a YouTube clip. All of our favorite artists are also Taylor Swift. Yeah, she's my favorite. Just coincidentally. Yeah. So smash that like button for us and make sure mm-hmm. you subscribe. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Yes. Yeah, on next episode. Fellow Swifties. On the next episode, we're going to rank all her albums. Yes. Mm, They're all tied for first. 100% true. Yes. They're all all right, tied how many can first. I name? 1984. No, that's, that's George Orwell. You're out. Uh, oh man, there's two that even I knew that was wrong. Uh, there's one with Coney Island on it. That's a good song. That's produced by Aaron Desner from National. Nevermore. That's one. Uh huh. And the there's another one similar to that. Evermore. Ne- uh, Nevermore. At, Evermore. No. Nevermore. One of those two. I'm not. I'm I not. got two. All right. All right. I'll take it. Anywho, you know what else is? Cool? I got two point nine. <laughs> I might be one letter off on one of them. 
and five years. Yes, that uh, too. <laughs> you know what else is cool? That Black Friday is not just a day anymore. Remember when Black Friday was a day? Now it's a whole month. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Black Friday savings time has come to Ray Chevrolet in Fox Lake, and you are going to benefit from it. As the top selling Chevy, as one of the top, I'm going to start that over. As one of the top selling Chevy dealers in the Midwest, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest Chevy inventories. And all month long, you can save big at the Ray Chevy during their Black Friday sales event, where you could choose from over 100 Silverados in stock, the perfect tailgate vehicle or the perfect vehicle to throw all your kids hockey equipment in and get them to that 4 30 in the morning tournament start on and a that's, sunday yes and that's not <laughs> all get zero percent financing with zeros dollar down and zero payments until 2024 that's all the zeros and speaking of zeros i know everybody loves the word free and that's what you get this month at ray chevy in fox lake a free oil change Ew. all you need to do is mention chgo when scheduling your oil nice. chains it's a Black Friday offer you don't want to miss, but you have to get your oil change scheduled by November 30th. Mention CHGO, and that oil change is free. Buy with confidence with the Ray nice. Price Promise. It's a guarantee that the price you see online is the price you pay when you go into the dealership. In many cases, other dealers will raise the price on you when you come into the dealership, saying things like, are you a recent college graduate? No. Are you active in the military? No. Are you Nikita Zadorov? No. And in most cases, the answer will be no. And that's when other dealers will raise the price on you, saying the price online included limited rebates that only Nikita Zadorov qualifies for. So <laughs> sorry, pal. Darn. What, well, Ray, that's not the case. There are no Nikita Zadorov price switches ever. <laughs> The price you see online is the price you pay with no add-ons or hidden fees. In fact, Ray will do everything possible to find additional savings for you, like not trading for Nikita Zadorov, which may, be the, may make the price even lower than what you see online. So visit Ray Chevrolet in Fox Lake in person or head over to RayChevrolet.com to get your Black Friday savings. They've been serving the community since 1963. Find new roads. hey -o. Uh, you know what Nikita Zadorov could do on Black Friday, if he's if they don't have a game, he could sit back and open up a Goose Island beer. Well, if they have he them could in be Calgary. here because uh, the the Maple Leafs are in town Black Friday. That's true. Wouldn't that be fun? That is true, and Chicago does have Goose Island beer. You can get him a few before the game, so he plays better ish or worse. Uh, CHGO is uh, proudly supported by Goose Island Beer Company. They have been Chicago's beer since 1988. The year before, before 1989 <laughs> and after 1984. And they have a tremendous beer roster that you can choose from year-round and enjoy. They got the Full Pocket Pills, the 312 Wheat Ale, the staple of their uh, year-round roster, the entire family of Beer Hug IPAs, and then their seasonals are always delicious. Whenever, whatever the season is, uh, summer, winter, fall, Oktoberfest, uh, all of them are delicious. They have the Christmas IPA that's going to be coming out pretty soon. And if you like to celebrate your local Chicago sports teams like the Bulls and the Blackhawks, we like them. They have beers for you to help celebrate them. The Bulls have the Bull and Goose, uh, the West Side Ale that you can enjoy for your uh, basketball enjoyment, and the Blackhawks Pale Ale, which is celebrating the Blackhawks with a pale ale. That's how that works. You can get all of these beers and more, ultra fresh brewery exclusives, when you go to the Goose Island Original Brew House on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park, or you can go to their tap room on Fulton Street in West Town. That is the Goose Island Beer Company. Okay, clearing some things up. It is Evermore, not Nevermore. What did I say? I said, nevermore. 
Yeah, you oh. were Taylor Swift. You were quoting the Raven. It is Evermore. Evermore. And the other one is Folklore. Folklore. Both produced by the Nationals' Aaron Desner. I like both of those Taylor Swift albums. There, I said it. There we go. Well, you like the sad dad rock, so. Yes, I do. I you're, am you're a national guy. I, I've, I've, I've tried. I can't. Now I can't do it. Teenage girls laughed at me yesterday. <laughs> yeah, you, I saw that. Because you called it that. 1984. That's why they laughed at you. I oh, s- that's Van Halen. Whatever. Panama. Close to my heart. Close to my yes, heart. I love Taylor Swift's version of Hot for Teacher. It's yes, awesome. uh, that will be fun. Um, <laughs> kind of different song, though, I would imagine. Maybe. Yeah, a car, th- a car full of uh, teenage girls laughed at me last night, and I'll never be able to forget it. I pulled into Walgreens, got in my car, and I looked just the car part next to me. Obviously, you're turning that way, so you look into the car. Three teenage girls lock eyes with me, start laughing hysterically, and then sink into their car seats, cracking up. And I'm like, oh, man. What did I do? You'll think, about, I, like, you'll think about that to the day you die. <laughs> and I said to Eddie, I told her what happened, my daughter, and she goes, Dad, you're just cringy. I'm like, great. <laughs> that's it your presence is cringy i guess so just that's my tough. just my being is cringy so it's awesome hey you know it's not cringy hero bread oh, i don't know lucas reichel <laughs> getting on the top power play no, yes that is not. the story it's almost of today. like like there was somebody in this vicinity yesterday that was like hey you know what would be cool Let's get Lucas Reichel on the top power play. And before I could even ask Luke Richardson afterwards if he's ever thought of that, there it is, right on the mm-hmm. ice. Well, you answered my question, Luke. Thank you for tuning in yesterday. Luke Richardson confirmed CHGO Blackhawks. He's, he's a he's a he's a CHGO diehard. He's not the only he's, one over there, by the way. He's the Duke. We hear he is the Duke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hey, let's, yes, the that's the, the rumor. The Luke. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. He is. Yeah. He's just he just figured like I'm just gonna give all my money to the Bears. To hide it's my cover. Yeah. No one would expect yeah. the Blackhawks head coach. That's it. Super chatting the Bears. Yeah. He watches the CHGO Bears to get tips on what to not do as a coach. Yeah. And there you go. Well, why don't we hear from uh, the head man himself? He spoke uh, for a little while today. CHGO diehard Luke Richardson. Yeah. Starting yeah. off with Taylor Hall, who was a full participant in practice today. Will he play tomorrow, Luke? Saw Taylor Hall out there. So is he good to go for tomorrow? Or we'll see you tomorrow morning? Yeah, no good. He said he felt uh, much better, but uh, he's not going to go tomorrow, so he might need a little, just a little more work. Uh, so hopefully soon after that, if today's a good indication of uh, he's on his way up. Encouraging, consider. I mean, he didn't look great when he went down. No, no, uh, but uh, he did say he's a quick healer. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, I think, you know, I mean, especially his history, he's had some injuries. It was probably a, a scary, you know, I mean, more in your body tenses up, but uh, he, he recovered well and uh, hopefully it's pretty soon. But today was really encouraging. I thought he looked good out there. If Reichel in that bumper roll in the power play now, it's kind of a different spot for him. What are you hoping he can do there? Yeah, I think just he's quick, uh, obviously, with his speed and, you know, give him some opportunity to shoot some pucks. But also, uh, I think we need more help in that middle spot where. We, we have a hard time getting set up when teams pressure so hard off face-offs and entries that I think uh, him getting side-to-side will be a, a good spot for him. And, you know, it might take him a little bit used to getting to know where his quick outs are, but I think he'll get there quick, and that's going to help us uh, hopefully settle down and have more ozone time on the power play. Well, we're getting a couple goals for him, mean for his play, do you think? Yeah, no, I think we saw it last year, you know, when he was playing with confidence. Now I think he, he, he you know, even up to last game, I think he had a lot of great opportunities, whether it be off the rush or, uh, and even last game, like, you know, he made a pretty good play on the first goal. But, 
you know, I think his speed was more noticeable a little while ago. And uh, now maybe, you know, sometimes you start thinking about it too much. Now it's to the point where you just play. Just play, get back to the, the all your best attributes of uh, skating and being creative offensively. And yeah, hopefully he gets one that maybe bounces in, kind of like Dickie's the other night uh, in a squeaky little area. And then a real nice shot, to, you know, just to kind of, you know, get himself going on the confidence level. But you know what, I, I haven't been disappointed with him. He's skated uh, back uh, extremely hard. He's been playing really responsible defensively, but unfortunately, you know, I mean, a, a guy like that, at some point you got to produce and um, we're just trying to be encouraging for him because, you know, that's all we can do right now. How do you think he'll hold up to the physicality of the middle? I think fine. I think he was okay there earlier in the year. I think it was just, uh, you know, we trying to get double A going and, 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 you know, I thought them playing together left wing with a rifle, double A in the middle at the end of last year. We just wanted to maybe see that again, but now double A's out. So uh, we're a little low on, on centerman. We think it's a good opportunity for him and it, it fills a hole for our team. Nick Foligno didn't, wasn't signed here to be a top liner, but have you been kind of almost surprised at how skilled he is? That maybe he had more to that than we than we expected. Uh, no, I've seen him. I saw him when he came into the league in Ottawa, and he, you know, I mean, he had some definitely some skill being a top junior player. And uh, you know, I remember him in Columbus playing uh, kind of that net front role on a power play, and they had a pretty good power play there. Uh, he's very good at changing the sides, and I saw it today in practice again uh, on that uh, second unit was really snapping around today. So. Um, you know, I'm not really surprised that he's, he's, he's a confident, uh, very vocal guy, which uh, helps other people. And I think he's just comfortable to, to play that role. He knows that I talked to him the other day about, you know, maybe throwing Taylor in there. He's like, yeah, no problem. Like he's one of those guys that he's willing to play anywhere. He'll grit it out on a checking line and still give you some offense. But uh, I'm not surprised that uh, he's doing that there. And I think helping... Uh, you know, Connor out being a little bit more vocal because Connor's pretty quiet out in the ice, and um, and even Kershaw's quiet on the ice, so it's good to have uh, someone that's a little mouthy out there on that line. <laughs> how, how much do you not as Jimmy Wade when you're kind of mapping out the goalie plan, who should start? Like I know Florida, like Morazic played really well in the first game against Florida, but Arvid went. Like, how, how do you guys determine that? Just just trying to, you know, I mean, not overwork somebody at this point. I think they've both played pretty good. Uh, even Arvid played well again. He made some good saves in the first period when we weren't maybe at our best yet in that game. And, uh, uh, you know, unfortunately, we just haven't get, gotten that a couple, couple more wins. You know, I think he deserves it. And, uh, you know, we're just trying to keep them both going right now and not overwork Peter, even though he's playing well, but also letting Arvid know we still have confidence in him and he, and he, he looks great in practice and he's been playing well for us in the games. Uh, you know, one of these days we'll get him a couple wins in a row, hopefully. And the, the defensive sorting on the rush seems like it's been maybe a little shaky recently, particularly in that Florida game. And uh, Tyler Johnson was saying that is something you guys have, have talked about. What has been, I guess, what do you need to do to kind of improve in that regard? Um, you know, I mean, I think talking is uh, a point. I find that throughout the league, I had a lot of coaches say the same things as the younger guys now are quieter uh, compared to the older players. And, you know, I mean, I think the more you talk about D zone coverage and, and line rushes against, it, it is vocal. It's maybe sometimes physical where a defense is talking, but he also points. Some guys a little more visual. And the more you do it, the better it is. So we did some D zone coverage today. We did it like condensed yet the other day at three on three and expanded to five on five today and to our line rushes against. 
uh, and I thought the guys were a little bit better talking, uh, but you know, we still had a couple overlaps where that means two people are going to one. And uh, you know, just talking, talking it out with them. We haven't done that drill in a while, so it was good to do today and this week, and uh, we showed some clips before. Uh, just to have that theme today, so hopefully that gets in their head, thinking when we don't have the puck, we got to be res just as res responsible as we are with it. So, uh, and maybe even more, so, so to get it back. So I, I think uh, the faster we are at that, it's the same as D zone coverage. We'll get the puck back quicker. Starting tomorrow, <coughs> there's essentially a game every other day until Christmas. How much are you looking forward to that constant repetition for like the little things that you guys you hope guys are improving on? Because there's nothing to do other than prepare for a game. Yeah, and I think uh, you know that goes in with the goalies. I think we want to make sure that we map that out, uh, you know, and manage it properly because we don't want to get anybody overworked or overtired. But um, same with the players. I think you know, I mean you can. I think about around this time last year. You know, I mean, like we we had some consecutive losses in a row, and it was a tough few weeks. And I think what you want to do is you can spin that too. Like you said, you can work on a few little details like the tracking and the D zone coverage and if we manage that puck and have it more um, you know I've liked our ozone play and our offensive play this year and we're, we're scoring you know a decent amount of goals and I think we're getting a really good amount of looks on the most nights so if we can do that and just in, in creep even more a little bit more every game a little bit every period which means more every game um, you know that'll Results in more goals for, less against, which results in wins. It's uh, easy math, but um, you know, I mean, it gets contagious and it gets becomes on a roll. And then there's one little area that you can pinpoint on to. We're going to keep doing this, show a few good clips, and then we just got to clean up this one area today. And then the next day might be one other little area. And if we can get, on, you can get on a good roll too for four or five weeks. So if you can do that when you got consecutive games going. Uh, build momentum. It's kind of like that playoff atmosphere where you get going on a good run and you wonder how teams get a, on a good run. And that's how. They just click at the right time. They just keep doing and reinforcing the good things they're doing, but you maybe fix up, clean up one little area every day and, and you're hard to beat. That is Luke Richardson. We'll react to that on the other side of this break, but you should not have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. I love the fact that you can go on game time and see what your view is going to be at the game. Yeah, with hockey and football and baseball, you basically know what the field looks like, but if you're buying concert tickets that are in a non-concert venue like the United Center, you have no clue what your seat's going to look like. You can take care of that on game time look i almost bought pearl jam tickets that were behind the stage i'm like well no i'm not doing that because i won't be able to see i'll catch them next time and when i do i'll use game time it is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase like i said see the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what you are getting take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time download the game time app create an account use that code chgo for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again Create an account at Game Time. Use the code CHGO for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And if there's one thing that this panel knows, it's not hockey. It's sandwiches. True. That's true. I, I would say our All sandwich four of firm, us. our sandwich, especially Stephen, who makes the twelve foot sandwiches 
We are a sandwich panel. And, I'm a first-line sandwicher. And we can all agree that without great bread, you have a shitty sandwich. Correct. Sandwich panel needs, that needs to be a hashtag. Sandwich hashtag. panel? I, they Hash- were at Riot Fest last year. Too. I think they, they were. were. Pretty good. Yeah. They, put, uh, they opened for I Believe in the Chaos. Yes. Uh, sandwich panels. Well, this sandwich panel say says, today. start your sandwich with the best foundation possible. And that's Hero Bread. Why Hero Bread? Well, because it's really good bread and it's better for you than most of the breads on the market. You know, I've tried to cut carbs. I've failed most times, but yeah. I've tried. That's the important part. I've tried. I love them too much. And I've tried those low-carb or no-carb breads, and they just... They taste like you're eating fake bread, mm-hmm. and they're not good. That's not the t- case with Hero. The taste and the texture is awesome. The bread is soft and fluffy. It tastes delicious. They have great nutri- nutritional benefits from you. That's not even a word, but I use it. High fiber and ultra-low net carbs and zero grams of sugar per slice. Plus, for our CHGO family, you're going to get 10% off your very first order at Hero.co right now. Head over to Hero.co and use the promo code CHGO at checkout, and you're going to get 10% off that first order. That's H-E-R-O.co to save 1-0% today. Yep. So my big takeaway from Luke there was that he is overall, despite the uh, production of Lucas Reichel, satisfied with the way he's playing. Not completely. It's not an A-plus review by any means, but (laughs) even if he had 10 points or whatever right now, it wouldn't be be an A-plus review for Lucas Reichel because he's learning. He's a young player. Um, But the fact that he's getting bumped up to power play one, I think, yes, he wants to get him some goals, but I do think that Luke feels it's truly going to help. It doesn't feel like a desperation coaching move to get a guy some goals. What I liked from Richardson was his notion of go out and be the best version of the of the player that you are and i think that that's what we need from reichel i think that's what we've been hoping for for him that's what we talked about it yesterday like like going at he like he's he should not be being used as the next marcus kruger that's not the player he is Mm -hmm. he's more of the player that we saw last season at the end of last season and that we saw at the AHL level. Like he's that guy, he's that guy who is a offensive creator, a guy who can distribute the puck, who can be a confident shooter. Like that's that's the player that I think we all expect him to be and, and, and want him to be. So I hope that, you know, this opportunity with the power play unit is uh beneficial in helping him get back to that uh mentality and get back into that um you know, that spot where he can just have the confidence to be like, Oh, I'm that's right. I am Lucas Reichel. I have these abilities. I, sh- I need to utilize them more. Um, hopefully that's that's a confidence booster for him. I'd love for him to get a goal tomorrow night and, and just kind of have it all snowball. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of what we talked a little bit about yesterday where he's not killing, he's not hurting them per se Yeah, with his all-around game. He's, he's hurting them by not being as productive as they like. But you said it, Mario. He's a creative, offensive player. What better chance to be a creative offensive player than on a power play? Mm-hmm. Oh, that counter Bedar is on as well. Right. Like, you're right. going to get some room on the ice out there. Take advantage of it, and hopefully that just gets it going. Like, he, he gets some confidence, even if he doesn't score right away, but he makes a few plays, and then he, then he takes that to five on five. Yeah. Yeah. He takes that same mentality 
and just get the ball rolling. I think all he needs is that first one, yeah. and then you, we're going to see a different player. Well, and I like what they're doing with him on the power play unit is instead of putting him out on a wing, they're putting him right there in the bumper roll, right yeah. in the middle of the 1-3-1 setup so that it's like you're right there to, to be to be shooting. And, I, and from, I think, Reichel's left shot, so he's opening up to a sh- to a shooting position to the co- the side Connor Bedard is on. Like, I really don't feel like there's a better setup for him to say, like, you have the opportunity to shoot and score than to be put in that position. Yeah. All right, before we wrap up the show, why don't we hear from Lucas Reichel? Uh, he spoke for a few minutes uh, after practice today and hear what he had to say. Uh, yeah, it's, it's nice to have to trust and... Uh, it's always nice to play power play, and especially in the first um, first power play. So uh, yeah, can't wait. Have you ever played the bumper before? Um, no. Yeah. What's what's going to be the adjustment, I guess, for you there? Um, thing as a bumper, you got to get open, help the help uh, your teammates out, and if they're in, if they're in trouble, and I think yeah, you got to look whether you know the other team has if they have three high, you go and that kind of stuff. So um, it's just like you know. Like skate around and try to get open. Seems like a lot more physical. How, how do you like that? You know, kind of getting the mix there. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been good. I think yeah, in the corners, uh, I think I still can play more the body, but uh, it's gotten better. And uh, I worked this morning with uh, Brian Keen about like using my body when I have the puck too. So um, just like getting better every day. I saw you you doing that, that drill with, with Keen before practice. I guess what like what are you the ideas to learn from that when you're coming um, down the wing? Yeah like I said like use my body. Um even you know when I know I get the puck, you know, give it a little bump and then protect the puck. So uh um that's what you gotta work on. You have that in every game so they um, helped me out a lot. Do you feel like you maybe haven't been as physical as you could have been so far? Or? Um, no, it's just like, um, yeah, like get the reps in and getting better. So uh, I think even, you know, Kana worked on that um, after 10 years and he's so good at it. So um, it's not just like from one day to the other, it's like every day and uh, just like little things. And yeah. How do you feel you and Taylor Hall can complement each other? Yeah, I think he's yeah, he's really fast. So uh, just try to um, yeah, give him time, uh, space, and uh, um, hit him like when he's like um, coming fast from the outside. So uh, um, we'll see how it works. Is it uh, tough to be patient with the, the, the goals? You know, trying to get you know, the goals scoring going. No, I, yeah, I mean, of course, every forward wants to score goals, but uh, just try to yeah, stay positive and. Um, um, play to win every game, and uh, that's what I try to do. Is there anything just overall you think the power play can improve on in, in your eyes? What do you think could be the trick? Um, I think, yeah, just, um, you know, I saw in preseason we moved the puck quick, and uh, we, uh, yeah, try to get back on that, um, um, how we play in preseason, like moving the puck quick, getting quick shots, and then other things, other plays that open up. That's Lucas Reichel, and to me, for what it's worth, he doesn't seem to, you know, his demeanor hasn't changed. Yeah. He does not seem like a guy whose confidence is shaken at all. Nope. He's no. putting in the work. Yep. He wants to get better, and I think he, he's going to get rewarded here shortly. And if you're headed to a Hawks game, you want to get fitted out in the best sports gear around, you can do that from our friends at FOCO. Hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, banana hammocks, and everything in between. 
It's football and hockey season. Get your sweatshirts, get your pajama pants, everything you need to stay nice and toasty at Soldier Field or the United Center. They've got uh, awesome stuff like bobbleheads like we have in our set here. We thank them for those. Check out foco.com or click the link in our description below for all non-presale items. Use that promo code CHGO for 10% off. And we got that Bedard and Makita dual bobblehead still available from last check. So jump on that because they only made, what, 144 of them? Mm-hmm. We bought one. Yeah. So get in there and get that at foco.com. Yep, and if you want to get fitted out in some of the best gear to support your favorite podcasting community, head on over to chgolocker.com, become a diehard while you're at it, and take advantage of our Black Friday sale. You can see it on your screen, up to 90% off merchandise for chgo you can spend 75 dollars and get yourself a 15 dollars gift card as well tons of options out there for you or the chgo fan in your life uh friend or family or it's a way to you know get the word out there about us say hey happy holidays i love this podcast and so will you and i did gifted you a diehard subscription and here's a beautiful comfy sweater And I took advantage of it for Black Friday and saved all my money. And people will be impressed at your uh, savviness and uh, and, and your gift. CHGO is is the gift that gives all year round, especially if you're a diehard. You can save 20% on merch all the time. You save 20% on all of our events like our takeovers and tailgates and watch parties and all those things. Uh, You get access to our uh, diehard-only Discord channel and... Uh, some of our diehard uh, content that is written on allchgo.com. Jay's Blackhawks beat is is part of that. Uh, Greg's Greg and I's uh, rebuild report, which the newest one launched today, uh, that is also part of that too. And it's across the board, not just Blackhawks, but Bears, Bulls, baseball teams, soccer teams, everything that you want uh, from the diehard membership. You can take advantage of it. Go to allchgo.com. Become a diehard. Become a member of the CHGO community. Again, take advantage of that Black Friday sale uh, that starts now and goes until when? Steven, do you know? I would assume Black Friday. I, I believe it goes till November. Through Cyber, Cyber Monday. Monday. Right, Cyber Monday. So there you go. Take, take, take advantage of that. And uh, yeah, just, uh, yeah, I see it here. BF and CM, Black Friday to Cyber Monday. I was trying to figure out what that I was for. Now I know. I was like, what does that mean? Boyfriend and... Something else. I thought they were Taylor Swift songs. Yeah, probably. <laughs> from the album Red. Another one I remembered. Mm. All right, from her album Green. The Hawks are finally playing a hockey game tomorrow. Yay. Yay. Puck hey. drops at 7 at the United Center. So an earlier start, which means an earlier post game, which means earlier to bed for us old people, which is great. So we'll talk to you as soon as the game ends tomorrow night on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. <laughs> Y'all silly like the mayor.